Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is the 365 Bible Reading Plan. Today is April the 8th, and our chapter reading for today is 1 Kings chapter 10. The scripture says, Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. She came to Jerusalem with a very great retinue. That means company, a large group of people with her and a huge entourage with her, with camels that bore spices, very much gold. Later, we learn that it is 120 talents. That's millions of dollars in gold and precious stones. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him about all that was in her heart. So Solomon answered all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters, and their apparel, that is, what they were wearing, how elegant and wonderful it was. His cupbearers, that is, his food tasters and his wine tasters. And his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit left in her. When she saw all of the magnificence, the wealth, the wisdom, the fame, it had not even begun to scratch the surface. She said, it was a truer report which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told me. You've heard that saying probably all your life. The half has not been told. This is where that comes from. Your wisdom and your prosperity exceed the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are these your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. She said, these people don't understand just how wise you are because they're used to it and how happy they are to do this and how blessed and what a privilege it is for them. And then she said, Blessed be the Lord your God. You see, the reason she came was she heard of how God had blessed. Go back and read the first opening verses of this chapter. She heard of what the Lord, Hashem, the God of the Bible, Yah, we call him Yahweh, how he had blessed Solomon. Blessed be the Lord your God who delighted in you. Now that's interesting. She saw that God had unusually, supernaturally blessed Solomon. And she said, God, your God has delighted in you. He is finding pleasure in you. And it says, because the Lord has loved Israel forever, therefore he made you king to do justice and righteousness. Now, who is this Solomon? Well, first of all, his name, Solomon, is the English derivation of the original name. 
If your name is Solomon, what we called Solomon, it's not Solomon at all. It is Shlomo, S-H-L-O-M-O, Shlomo. And that's what Solomon was called by his mom and by his dad. Now, think about how this child came about. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, you have the story of David and his sin that had come upon him and the child that he and Bathsheba had had together through his adulterous relationship died. You can read about that in chapter 12 of 2 Samuel. And at the end, in verse 22, it said that David mourned and fasted while that child was alive. But when the child died... David got up and washed himself and went on about his business. And when they asked him, what is that all about? He said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, who can tell whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return unto me. That's a great comfort for anyone who's lost a child. Because you see, children go to heaven. That's right. They are not to the age that sin is going to be imputed to them as far as accountability. That is, they do not know their right hand from their left, and uh, God will not hold them accountable for their sin. Because if that were the case, then David made a bad statement here, and God didn't correct him. As a matter of fact, it's written down in the inerrant scriptures, where David made a statement, a theological statement. Uh, He cannot come back to me, but I can go to him. Well, we know where David was going. David wasn't going to hell. He was going to heaven. He's a man after God's own heart. He is, from all the scriptures, going to be one of the co-regents with the Lord Jesus during the period of the Messianic age. But look what it says in verse 24. Then David encouraged, he comforted, he soothed his wife Bathsheba and went into her and lay with her. That is, they had sexual relations for comfort. So she bore a son and he called his name Shlomo, Solomon in our Bibles. But look at this. Now the Lord loved him. God delighted in him. God was thrilled over Solomon. And he sent word by the hand of Nathan the prophet So he called his name Jedidiah because of the Lord. Jedidiah means beloved of Yahweh, beloved of Hashem, beloved of the Lord, beloved of Adonai. God loves Solomon in a special way. And the queen of Sheba picked up on that that this was not a normal relationship. God had his supernatural hand on Solomon. And so that's why she said in verse 9 of 1 Kings chapter 10, Blessed be Hashem, your God, the one whose name no one knows, who delighted in you. He delighted in you, setting you up on the throne of Israel. And because the Lord has loved Israel, now look at this, because the Lord has loved Israel forever, therefore he made you king to do justice justice and righteousness. Isn't it wonderful? God loves his people and he sends them leaders. Aren't you glad that he sent Israel 
David. Aren't you glad he sent Israel Solomon? Yes, both of them messed up, but oh my, we still talk about David and Solomon today. Yes, some of the sin that they did, but God doesn't dwell on that. He dwells upon what he delights in them about, and so forth, down through. Aren't you glad that God gave us Peter? With all of his faults, aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that God sent John to us, the beloved disciple who was faithful to Jesus unto the end? Aren't you glad that God sends us pastors and leaders and mentors that help us to grow in the Lord? Aren't you glad that he sends us fathers and mothers to guide us along the way? She said, because God loves Israel forever, Solomon, Shlomo, he gave them you. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold. There it is. The same amount, by the way, he owed Hiram the Sidonian, the king of Tyre and of Lebanon. Spices in great quantity and precious stones. There never again came such abundance of spices as the queen of Sheba gave to Solomon. Now, where and who is this queen of Sheba? Well, Sheba and Dedan would be what would be called Saudi Arabia today, that piece of land that borders the Gulf of Persia, the Persian Gulf. It is the house of Saud today is in charge of Arabia, and so it's called Saudi Arabia. But Josephus says that the queen of Sheba was from Ethiopia. Now, you may say, well, who's Josephus? Well, Josephus was a Jewish general, and I'll talk more about him when we get the New Testament. But just to give you a, an idea, because from time to time I will say something about Josephus. He's known as a Jewish historian, but he was a Jew, and he was over the troops in the Galilee during the days of the Great Revolt in 67 to 70 A.D., he saw that he could not fight the Romans, and so what he did is he surrendered to them and said, spare my life because I want to write down the history of the Jews, of my people. And so that's what he did, and he was called a traitor because he went over to the Roman side. He's the Benedict Arnold in many historians' eyes. Uh, what Benedict Arnold was to the U.S. in the early colonial days, so was Josephus Flavius during the days of the Great Rebellion. I am so glad that God let Josephus live because he could write down things that otherwise we wouldn't have record of. Many of the great archaeological sites, they were found and are found today because of the writings of Josephus. Josephus, that was his name, Joseph, but that was not his Jewish name. He took on the name Flavius, F-L-A-V-I-U-S, Flavius, because that's the last name of the dynasty that was in power during the days of the Great Revolt, 67 and 70. Now, you would know the ruler of Rome, the Caesar of Rome, by his first name, what he, he was called, all of these Roman Caesars had several names, but the man who led the legions of Rome to Jerusalem to destroy it was a man by the name of Vespasian. 
But his last name was Flavius. His son was Titus. We call him Titus. Uh, Vespasian was called back to Rome, became the Caesar, and his son Titus, Titus, destroyed the temple in 70 AD. And we have the Arch of Titus of Titus that is built in Rome. And uh, many of you have seen pictures on my websites and other places that I've taken up close and personal of the Arch of Titus of Titus in Rome that is near the Roman Forum. And it has a carving, a uh, engraving on it that shows the triumphal entry of Titus back into Rome. And they were carrying the menorah that they had taken from the temple. It's there for you to see in Rome today in the ruins of ancient Rome. He took on the name Flavius, and I think it was a very wise move for a man that was longing to have his books read in the future, because it would be like taking on the name of a king or the taking on the name of a, in our country, a uh, name like Adams, where you had John Adams and John Quincy Adams or the Bushes or any kind of uh, dynasty that would be in our democracy where a name is very well known like Lincoln and uh, someone that took on that family name and adopted that family name, there's a good chance in that generation they're going to be having their books that they have written on the bookshelves of the libraries in Rome and Alexandria and Ephesus. And that's exactly what he did. And so these have been handed down now for 2,000 years. It is Josephus that tells us that it was Ethiopia, not Sheba as in the Arabian Peninsula, but Ethiopia where this queen came from. And so it talks about all of these woods and precious stones and everything that she brought. In verse 14, it says, the weight of gold that came to Solomon yearly was 666 talents of gold. A talent is all a man can carry, a mature man can carry. That's how it was measured. And I'll show you that when we get into the New Testament, uh, specifically in the fall of the year. Because it's incredible how they measured this. It's like the cubit. That was the average length of a man's arm from his elbow to the tip of his finger. And the average man, that's 18 inches. Uh, what we would measure in our metric system as 18 inches, well... All a man could carry at that time was about 75 pounds. And so that is the typical weight of a talent. It's approximately 75, 76 pounds as it would weigh out in our poundage. And so that's a lot of gold because there's 12 troy ounces in the uh, standard of gold measurement or precious metal measurements, not 16 ounces or 14 ounces. It's 12 troy ounces. So that's every pound would have 12 ounces to it. Well, there were 75 pounds times 666 talents. Just a day before yesterday, I looked at Kitco.com, which uh, gives the price. It's one of the websites that gives the price of, of gold and silver, or spot gold, they call it, or spot silver. And I checked the price in April of 2022, and the price was $1,926.90. That is per ounce of gold. 
So add up 12 ounces times 75 times, according to verse 14, 666, and you're going to get a rounded figure of how much gold Solomon received every year. Just gold. He was rich in every sense of the word. Verse 16 says, And King Solomon made 200 large shields of hammered gold. 600 shekels of gold went into each shield. He also made 300 shields of hammered gold. Three minas, that was another measurement, like a shekel of gold went into each shield. And he put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. And uh, that was uh, what he called uh, his house because it was made out of the cedars of Lebanon. Solomon was a brilliant man that went astray. You see, it doesn't matter really how rich you are, how educated you are, how much we have walked with God, how we've known God, talked with God. As you will hear me say over and over again, there is no seniority with God. You cannot coast for one instant. Fellowship is maintained even in our present dispensation, our epoch, our present time period and season in which we're living when the Holy Spirit lives in our lives. Our eternal salvation is maintained by Jesus. It's forever. But our fellowship with Him, not a relationship that's maintained by Jesus, He lives to save us to the uttermost. That's what the book of Hebrews says. As long as Jesus is alive, we're saved if we've given our heart and life to him. We've turned from our sins, placed our trust in his righteousness. But listen to me. Our fellowship is moment by moment as we walk in obedience, in repentance and confession. As we walk with him, then we have fellowship. Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. He was one of the richest men who ever lived. He was educated in every sense, in every area and arena of nature, of science, of arts, of music, of everything. He was absolutely, incredibly gifted in every way. Supernaturally, God gave it to him. And yet with all of that, he went astray. If he can go astray with all of that, surely you and I need to take heed lest we follow in the footsteps of Solomon. No, we need to follow in the footsteps of the Lord Jesus as we walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.